Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This month on The Compliance Live, I visit with Wendy Badger, CCO at Tenant Company, on her fascinating journey to the CCO chair. The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with another episode of The Compliance Life. This month, I'm visiting with Wendy Badger, who is currently the CCO at Tenant Company. Wendy, first of all, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. So, Wendy, uh, when we ended our last episode, you were head of compliance at a nonprofit financial services organization. Uh, that changed for you, uh, and that led you to tenant, but you really took an interim step that I was fascinated to maybe explore with you. So, can you tell us uh, what you did during the pandemic, how scary it was, and at the end, the benefits that you uh, think you achieved or you felt like you achieved from uh, taking that scary step. We'll be right back with that scary step from Wendy Badger. Well, Tom, I'll tell you, it still feels scary to me, Um, but I knew going into my role uh, with the financial services company that a a big piece of their business was was going to start going away and winding down based off of some decisions that the federal government made to terminate one of its programs. And that was sort of a, a big core piece of that organization's business. So I knew when I took that job that it was going to maybe be about a 10 to 15 year sort of, I don't want to say the word wind down, but kind of slowly wrapping things up because there was no new business coming in. Um, so I knew that going in and then just through different pieces and acquisitions that happened, uh, that trajectory changed a little bit. Um, But the organization was definitely changing. I felt like I was sort of at the top of where I was going to get within that organization. And, And I also realized that all of the people on my team couldn't advance if I was there because they didn't really have room to grow into anything else. And it so it was, they became sort of a flight risk as well. So the organization made a decision to close one of its offices in, uh, that was in Sacramento, California. And I had a good chunk of my team was out in Sacramento. So when I was sort of brought into that, under that tent, I started thinking, you know, if this is what's happening and this is kind of how it's going to impact at least the folks who reported to me, 
I'm not really sure this organization still needs me to sustain the structure that's in place. This might be a good time for me to step aside. So after quite a few conversations with my boss, I think, or my boss at the time, I think I ultimately convinced him that this was not, that this is what was best for the organization. And so when we closed that Sacramento office, I also planned out my exit and left the organization. So, but I I built a bit of a runway um, and transition. So they actually didn't replace my, my job or my position exactly. We divided my work up among about five different people. And when that happened, we announced that I was leaving the organization, but I gave myself a six-month runway to transition that work and slowly pull back. And so I started working part-time remotely, part-time in office. Then ultimately, when I had about six weeks left in that six-month runway, I started working full-time remote and just kind of being on call in a consultant mode if they needed something from you know the, the different aspects of my role that had been handed off. And then that allowed the people who were stepping into those functions to be able to still have my support and guidance and arguably mentorship, um, but it allowed them to establish themselves as no I am now responsible for this, so I am the one you should be inviting to the meetings. And they're not thinking about, we need Wendy. It's no, we need ethics and compliance. We need privacy. We need, you know, uh, policy administration represented at the meeting, not Wendy. So it pulled my name out of that mix. But when I did that and when I made that decision and ultimately convinced the organization that it was best for them and for me, I had no idea what I was going to do next. I didn't have a job lined up. I didn't have like anything backing me up on this. I just felt like this was what was right for me and thought I'm going to take some time for me to figure out where I want to go next and what do I want to do. And frankly, it was and still is terrifying. I had so many people telling me, oh, you're so fearless. You're so courageous to do that. And all I could think was this is smoke and mirrors. And I must be putting on one heck of a show because I am terrified. But then as I started to try to be a little more reflective and started that really the process of what do I want to do next? What is next for me? I started to think about, well, what is the, how do I define courage? How do I define success? And if you're defining courage as the absence of fear, absolutely did not apply to me because as I mentioned repeatedly, I was terrified, like almost paralysis terrified to figure out what was like, I didn't even know what to do to figure out what to do. But then I sort of did a flip of that and I thought, no, to me, courageous is being afraid, but acting in spite of that fear. And if that's the definition of courageous, then yeah, I guess that kind of did apply to those steps that I took because I was so afraid, like this had such an impact on me personally, professionally, on my family, on, you know, my immediate family who lives in my house with me, like that decision impacted them too. And when I left that role, it was December of 2019 was my last day. So I had this grand plan, right? Like I'm going to take time off over the holidays in the new year. I'm going to kind of think about what I want to do next. Like I even went deep and thought, do I even still want to be a lawyer? 
Do I still want to be in ethics and compliance? What industry would I want to be in? Do I want to do something completely different and not go by what, because by society's definition of success, by and large, I was kind of there, right? Like I was making good money. I had a good job, but was that how I was defining success? And I'm not sure that that was my right definition. So I thought I'm going to take a few months off, then really kick into a job search once I go through all these things. Uh, So then I thought, you know, March or April will be a good time to really launch a job search. That's when most companies, if they're on a calendar year for their fiscal year, will have started hiring for positions that they maybe put on hold at the end of the calendar year and, and all of that. Little did I know that in March of 2020, basically the entire world was going to shut down. Nobody was hiring anybody. Nobody knew what was going on. People thought we were maybe going to be shut down for six weeks and then things would get back to normal or to the before times, which frankly, I don't think we're ever going back to. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, But so that completely disrupted all of the plans that I had to go to go on my own dime to, to meetings and networking events and conferences and sort of market myself, which is just wildly uncomfortable for me anyway. But I thought if I want to do something different, I need to do something different because what I was doing wasn't getting me where I thought I wanted to be. So I had to completely retool my entire job search plan because it was the middle of a global pandemic. There, People weren't doing in-person conferences. People weren't going to informal informational interviews or coffee meetings. So for the next year, it was this terrifying thing of, am I ever going to find a new job? You know, this, it was paralyzing with fear, to be honest with you. Um, And I, then I started, you know, really going down a bad path, like mentally and, and mental health wise and spiraling. Like, am I ever, am I good enough? Is that why I'm not getting any hits? You know, not thinking about the fact, again, that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Companies don't know if they're going to be able to come out of the other side of it, never mind be able to hire. Um, so a lot of the positions that I had applied for or were, was reaching out about ended up getting a hiring freeze or getting shut down. And I, But I took all of that so personally because I wasn't getting those hits. And I thought, I've got 20 years of experience. I'm, I, I thought I was good at what I was doing, and that impacted me so heavily. So that was... Um, separately terrifying and very unanticipated and like I didn't know how to deal with with any of that so I started like reading a ton of books and what else are you going to do there's a global pandemic and we're under you know a stay home order and and so I was binge watching a lot of tv and and reading a ton of books and trying to figure out what's right for me what's next for me so I decided through all of like, what did I really like about my last few jobs? What did I not like? And how can I try and build something and find something that's going to speak to all of those things? I mean, I've been in my current role now for just over nine months. And, you know, whether that's the right thing, I don't know yet. You know, like I'm still learning so much every day and having a remote, completely remote onboarding experience, never even meeting any of my coworkers in person until I was six months into my job and many of whom I still have yet to meet um, is a very different experience and terrifying experience. Um, but it also makes me feel like I'm way behind the eight ball from where I should be if I had been in, you know, a, a before times type of role eight or nine months in. So that transition has been separately challenging. But when I took this role that I'm in currently, I'm the global compliance counsel for an organization that has footprints in Europe, 
in Asia, in Latin America, in North America, Canada, the United States. So it's a global footprint and that has some really strong foundational elements to their compliance program. And I was brought in to really enhance them. And as I start to peel back the layers of that onion, I'm finding I'm some in some ways, yes, I am enhancing. In other ways, I'm building from scratch. And, and so that's an interesting experience, but it's in a whole new industry for me. It's global. It's not domestic. So when I looked at this position, I thought, you know what? I'm okay taking a step back in title because this ladder is in a completely different industry. You know, I talked in one of our earlier chats, Tom, about how looking at your career is more of a winding road or a jungle gym. So I kind of took a step or two backwards, but onto a different ladder that I think, and from everything I've seen so far, my nine and a half months in, this ladder, I may have started on a lower rung than in my last role, but this ladder's got a higher trajectory and can take me further. And I can really build something here that's going to be sustainable. And those were the pieces about my last job that I really loved. And then I'm finding, um, in this role that, that are going to be really challenging, but will allow me to stretch um, into new areas and will allow me to flex and build muscles and areas that I, that have maybe been atrophied because I was in more of a comfort zone and learning a new industry. So I'll get to grow and learn in addition to building something lasting to leave it better than I found it. Wendy, uh, that sounds like a great point for us to end this episode on. And I hope our listeners will join us for part four and our next episode where we're going to take a little bit deeper dive into what you're up to now and maybe where you see yourself and or the compliance profession uh, down the road in a few steps. So uh, thanks so much. And I look forward to continuing the conversation. Me too. I'll be there. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode of The Compliance Life. I hope you'll join me again next week where I take up another episode in The Compliance Life. The Compliance Life is a production of The Compliance Podcast Network. If you would like to be featured on The Compliance Life, please uh, give me an email at uh, tfox at tfoxlaw.com. Also, if you like this series, please give us a rating on iTunes. Uh, Any review and rating would definitely help get the word out about the latest addition to the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks again. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.